such a lazy hippie bastard. And welcome back to the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode 53, recorded January 11th, 2022. All right. So I uh, came across an interesting article uh, that I thought it was interesting for not the reasons that the author probably thought it was interesting. Um, so All I right, wrote- What do you want, a cookie? <laughs> yes. Lots of cookies. <laughs> I came across, uh, I wrote backstory. I wrote a piece, and I think we talked about this a little while ago, about the um, how the COVID quarantines are going to have a long-standing effect on the notions of in-person and remote work. And I am, I believe what's going to happen with a majority of companies is that they're going to actually uh, move away from offices entirely and places that were diehard brick and mortar will having been forcibly removed from the office and recognize, Oh, Hey, everything's fine. And in fact, we're actually running the a world bit does better. not end. The world does not end. And in fact, might actually be better. And they won't, in fact, you know, everything will be fine. I, so some anecdotal evidence, the, um, my, my com- my brother works for a company in, in New York City. It's a small firm. And they went remote because of COVID. And they just let their lease expire. They decided not to renew the office. Um, they actually did double the business that they did in 2019 for 2021. So they just finished 2021. Okay. So 2020, crap year, throwing it out. Their best year was 2019. Fast forward to 2021, which is now fully remote. They've gotten rid of, they got rid of the office during the, during COVID in 2020, 2021, they, so they doubled their so number. So they let the lease expire in 20 and then 21 was gangbusters. 21 was gangbusters. Here's the interesting piece. Okay. The interesting bit is the company size didn't change. They didn't increase staff. They had the same number of staff in 2019 as they had in 2021, and their revenue doubled. Now, some of that you can, of course, attest to market forces and demand, you know, price demand and things like that. But, I mean, a full doubling of your best year post-quarantine? What percentage, so, but what percentage of that is attributable to uh, cost savings on the lease or productivity improvements and, and what is, uh, you know, what is a, a market expansion or margin increase of their, whatever it is, their widgets they're selling. My understanding is that this, this is gross sales. So it's not factoring in, it's, it's not EBITDA. So it's not factoring in, you know, the costs or lack thereof of the building. It's just the so raw sales of what they, right. What so they you're, brought you're talking about gross revenue, not profit. Right. Correct. Okay. Which would be okay. the most? Oh, so right. they so they so they doubled revenue and they cut the lease out of the <laughs> out of the equation. <laughs> that's my all right. That's my rough understanding. I would have. To I get want more. some of what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is this is the kind of stuff that I was that that I anticipated. It, this is this does not surprise me. You had this office. You had people who had to commute to it. He lives in New York City, by the way. So crap commute. Uh, honestly, one of the worst commutes in the world <laughs> that you could do is in and out of New York City. Uh, there is no good time to do that. Um, so lousy commutes, expensive buildings. And when you have the building, you have, you have now confined the work to that building. And when you factor in the, uh, the additional emotional weight and logical just time sink of the commute, you're, you're leaving. There's a lot of waste in there. There's a lot of waste in that process by eliminating the building, eliminating the commutes, making people, uh, allowing people to work from home, which is naturally going to be a more comfortable position for them. Your productivity is going to go up both in terms of time because you're, you have more of it. And in terms of quality, you're, you are, you, 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 you feel better uh, emotionally. These are my working theories. This is not him telling me what happened. This is, this is my 
This is my guess. Um, and now th- this is this is anecdotal. I don't have deep, deep details on his numbers, but it does support. It is in support of the theory that I have been uh, promulgating in the uh, in the quarantine age. So it's just really interesting to see the you know the full you know the full effect company that was that was dedicated brick and mortar went fully remote and you know full stop did 180 because of because of covid that's exactly what i expect a lot of especially smaller companies that don't have a location requirement you don't need to you know like a storefront to be in a certain location uh i expect them to i expect more of this over the next 12 to you know 24 months so um just a just an observation that had nothing to do actually that was technically our first sidebar didn't even get through 12 seconds the first in. 12 seconds into my talking about an article yeah i don't know I went just a, just for the sake of just for the sake of conversation Go i for may it. i may take the counter stance there not everything that can be remote should be like i'm sitting here <clears throat> i'm sitting here on uh, what at this point nine years full remote and another six before that partial. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my team is distributed uh, across three continents in like six time zones, um, and I'm a huge proponent of it, especially for technology work. Um, there are other things that are technology adjacent that I don't think necessarily should be remote. So like let's set aside let's set aside the common, you know, and I think you and I would both agree on this. You have a remote team, you need to get together in person from time to time. Like that's still yes. you, you do still need you need space interaction. Correct. Right? Correct. That's so true. That becomes those sorts of like offsite events become actually in my mind more important much when more. you're remote. Much more right? important. You can yes. like you can reasonably forgo them in certain cases when you're when you have an on-site team. You have a remote team that is absolutely critical. You can't go without those for too long. Um, but setting setting that aside, I, I'm and I guess I don't know if it's a if it's an a, an age thing or what, but I'm becoming slightly suspicious only not not critical, but just raising my eyebrow maybe just because I'm thinking about it in a way that I never have before. The pursuit of optimization, I think, just because a thing can be optimized does not mean it should be optimized. True. Uh, let me give you an example. You have the, you know, we've we've had wearables now for a decade, and there's this whole, you know, booming industry around the quantified self, you know. How many REM cycles did I get and what time did I wake up and how many cups of water did I drink and all of this kind of thing. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that or that it's bad. But there's a point at which, I guess, quantification and optimization, I think it's just not necessary. Some things are just dirty and messy and wasteful. And that's part of life. And I... I guess my only goal is to point out that in a conversation where we are trying to squeeze every ounce of X out of Y, we don't lose sight of the fact that life is not optimal. <laughs> like breathing is not an optimal way to get the conversion of energy. Like this, nothing is is truly optimal. And so, no process. You know, let, for me, example, let, me, let me clarify. But before you do, before yeah. you go further with the examples, first. Uh, no process is without some amount of waste. There, there, there is no perfect right. non-waste. Right. There is, there is going to be some kind of loss in any kind of exchange of energy. However, whatever micro or macro level of energy, quote unquote, that we're talking about here, you're going to lose something in the process because the process itself takes energy to convert whatever you've got in the process from A to B. I agree. That's, right, and then and then there's true. meta in that. Right? There's meta so, in that, and I but, guess I mean that's basic physics. Right. Okay. I mean, so so to skip so to skip forward, I guess I guess my primary point here, um, I would I would caution a company to consider a move like that carefully. 
That does not mean I'm advising companies not to go remote. Like, do it tomorrow. You probably have been doing it for two years. So, like, right. keep true. doing it. Because <laughs> guess what? If you've been remote for two years and you're hand-wringing because, boy, we really got to get back to the office or things aren't going to work, what has been happening for two years? Mm-hmm. Like, you are still in business and you've been remote for two years. It's not the imperative that you think it is. Clearly. Otherwise, you were out of business. If you really needed to be on site, you're already toast, right? You already lost. That's fine. Um, So I guess my point is, and and I was just talking uh, talking to somebody else about this the other day. My my reaction to this whole thing is great. I think think the the meat space interactivity, even for something like engineering, like software software development, um, the meat space interaction can be valuable and I think there is some degree of back to the office that is probably good in a lot of cases. If the lion's share of your employees are in one geographic locale and you can get them together, I think you should probably do that more often than not. Um, but you got to think about it differently. This is the key point. You can't simply say, well, we are going to keep our office. And when you're there, it's the normal office and you do your work at the office. There is no value add to this whatsoever. What I'm advising people, teams, companies to think about is as you approach going back to the office, change the physical space to optimize it for what it's good for. You want to go back to the office. You want to get that meet space interaction. It's for meetings. It's for collaboration. It's for creativity. It's for problem solving. Don't just have a damn cube farm because that's what you did before. And now we're going back to the office, right? in alternating, you know, capital letters, we're going back to the office, right? <laughs> Change the space, make it freeform, make it uh, meet more meeting rooms. You don't need that many desks. People are going to go when they need to go to have the meetings, to do the creative things, to do the things that are better with high bandwidth, in-person interaction. And then they're going to go back home and carry out all the tactical work. And so I think about your brother's company, um, I don't know what kind of widgets they make, I, you know, whatever it is. What do they make? They make money. Great. Okay. Well, maybe not everybody on the team sees remote as a feature. Maybe some people see it as a bug, right? What about the, I'm, I'm not going to go into a list, but, but there could be teams within the organization where that's not optimal. And so you say, well, it's optimal because now we get rid of the lease and we're still doing good business. So everything's fine. Things can fall through the crack. You know what I mean? And so we're, we're people because people respond to incentives and so you optimize for getting rid of the lease and you may lose something on the back end that's not immediately obvious okay so i I, am i making any sense here whatsoever yeah no this is i i like this i like this i i was debating whether or not to do this because i'm taking the i'm taking the i'm taking the counterpoint for the for the sake of conversation here and obviously, the argument there is it slims over time because what's going to happen? Okay, you're going to say, look, we're remote now. We're still going to maintain a physical space, but we're going to shrink it because we don't need one as big. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it in the middle of where the people are because it doesn't need to be in the urban center anymore because your people probably don't live there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to modify it so that it's better for meetings and creative activities and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now we're remote, so we can start hiring remote. Well, even mm-hmm. if you're limiting your hiring pool to a single state, eventually you're going to have enough people that can't simply pop into the office right. when that kind of activity comes around that mm-hmm. it's not going to make any sense anymore. Um, right. And so it's again, it's not, it's not, a, it's not. Don't do it, or it's bad. But I think it does have to be approached because the other you can't just simply say the other the, the converse is also true. You can't simply say, well, we're going to do everything we normally do with the office, but through Zoom. That doesn't work. That's you the, have it's to not embrace asynchronous communication. Yeah. You have to embrace different styles of meetings and 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 how you document things. Like yeah, you, things are you different. Have you to need have to treat culture. them different. Exactly. You need to treat it exactly. Different. Yeah. People yeah. who people who say, okay, we're going to do everything we did in the office. We're just going to do it remotely with Zoom. Well, that's no. It's it's fundamentally a different thing, and you need to approach it differently. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you added, you added the clarification because I thought you were going cranky old man on me for a minute there about you know 
oh, actually, officers are great. And these damn kids and they're stupid going, oh, no, working no, from no. their house is a lazy, hippie bastard. That's what that's what I thought you were doing there for a, for a second there. Um, no, I'm already remote. I have the privilege. And so I want to prevent true. anyone else from gaining this. That's my. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. That's you're just, my you're just a classic evil capitalist, you selfish bastard. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then that's how and this then, works. That's how this works. And then what do I do? OK, step two. Step two is demand a premium because I'm remote. <laughs> step three, profit. Step three, profit. That's right. Underpants. <laughs> step three is to always. Capitalism. It's always profit. I don't. I don't care what the game is, like what the what the scheme is. Step three, always profit. <laughs> Even take a loss, believe it or not, step three is still profit. <laughs> According to some, yeah, I still haven't seen how that math works, but you know. Anyway, uh, okay, so so you're not cranky, old man. A couple count, a couple counterpoints because you to to um for the sake of the conversation again, I I think this is where you're headed anyway, but um. Posture for most, even now, post, you know, two years into this crap storm that we have been dealing with, uh, I think the default posture for most companies is still leaning towards in-person. Companies would still much prefer to have their people in the building, I think. Now, some people have, some people, some companies have made the flip. My brother's an example. But not everyone has done that yet, of course. And not everyone will for good and or bad reasons. Um, my point is, though, I think the inclination is still there that no, no, default is absolutely the way to go. And so I think it's important um, for, for what little noise we're throwing out into the void here, anyone who might listen to it, I think it's important that we lean heavily in the other direction simply because that is the default posture. So this is kind of some Overton window level stuff here. You know, we're sort of default in person. so. I want to pull hard to try and get that more centered because centered balance really is where it needs to be. It's not that in-person is bad and remote is good. It's that you need to look at the individual situation of the, uh, you know, the needs of the company to deliver its thing and the needs of its employees to be in-person or not the requirement thereof. You need to look at that and then, uh, make an assessment on the whole about, okay, for us in this situation, remote is actually a, a decent way to go. Or for us in this situation, in person is the way to go. But I think most people just naturally err to the, individuals naturally err, I think, to remote. And I think companies naturally err to in person. And what I'm telling everybody is try and put aside your biases, just sit in the middle and actually try and, you know, do a do a calculation here of of what actually is in fact the best thing to do without your biases creeping into it. It's hard, but it's doable. Well, especially because the answer is both. <laughs> and it's what? a mix of the two, well, which I is mean, your point. Right. But the the thing you said there was that was that the, you know, uh, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but but the company needs to consider what the balance point is. Mm -hmm. You use the word need and I want to underscore that you didn't say the company should consider what the balance point is. It needs to. It is an imperative. The company must consider this carefully. And when I say consider mm -hmm. moving remote carefully, I'm not taking a backhanded way of saying, well, maybe you shouldn't do it. What I'm saying is think it through. Really think guess it through. guess what? Anybody who's hiring, anybody who has tried to hire in the last 24 months knows how hard it is and knows how much power the talent side of the market has right now. Oh, it's overwhelming. They've decided they're not going and driving, wasting time in traffic to office every day. So if you want to stay solvent because you have people to do your business, you're going to have to figure out how to capture some of those people. And, yeah. and it's not, it's the height of, of uh, it's the height of ego to suspect that, well, they'll come back. <laughs> like you just, <laughs> You have no leverage here at this with this market. You have zero leverage, and honestly, I don't see that that's going to change anytime in the in the near future. I yeah. think we're going to be in this talent strong market for probably. I, you always hate to make predictions because I like it for no you know, no no. I like predictions. They're fun. Predictions are fun. What's your prediction? Couple of years. Couple of years. Okay. All right. I think we may be in this in this uh, uh, supply side. Uh, controlled market for for jobs 
because I don't, I mean, we, we had the article of, uh, okay, maybe this was a few months ago now. Um, we found some research to suggest there was an underlying deficiency. If you look at jobs versus applicants in the, in the technology sector, there, we were running a little bit of a deficit. But then COVID hit, a bunch of people on the top end of the age scale just, they, they just uh, retired um, and jobs grew in the sector. And so it actually gave us a deeper deficit Yep. Which yep. is not okay. So then today you start uh you start recruiting people into your CS programs at your local university. Mm-hmm. You don't get those people on the market for another four years. Four like years, the, yeah. It's it's not a quick solution. And I don't I, I don't now I will turn into an old man if you get me started on the the coding boot camp topic because I think that's a mm, I think that's mostly a scam. Oh man. Um, that, but there's not a whole topic a, there's not in a and quick, of itself. <laughs> That's add a, that, that's add a that to the list. I'm adding it to the list. I mean, not today. That's a not that's right a now. meaty that's, that's a meaty enchilada. No, we'll right come there. we'll come we'll come back um, to it. We'll come back to it. So there's no there's no quick fix. Like the underlying issue here is that we had a bunch of people leave at once, uh, either leave the industry and get a different job, or just have no job because they were able to retire early. They wanted to, um, and you've got this underlying deficit of of jobs to applicants, which only deepened as companies double down on their tech plays, there's no quick fix to this. I mean, unless, yeah. I, okay, the quick fix would be the entire economy implodes on itself and there are no jobs to be had. That that could fix it, I guess. That's it. Oh, that, that, <laughs> and that, that could com- fix it. And that has the benefit of coming with absolutely no side effects. None whatsoever. It's just, uh, I don't know why they don't just do that already. Why don't they just do that? Like the, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and just- Just yeah, make the jobs go away. That up, seems man. Let's just pretty straightforward. Nuke and pave, baby. That's how I like to write my code, nuke and pave. Was it invented well, no, it here? Nope, don't care. Get rid of this crap. No, it it doesn't have to be violent and dramatic. All I'm simply saying is make the jobs go away. <laughs> <laughs> what could go R slash what could go wrong? Yeah. So you mentioned, you, you talked about, um, you, you stumbled in, you, you mentioned the, um, the stereotypical egotistical executive ignoring the, the obvious. And I had the immediate imagery of, of Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, I've got the high ground and you know, the Anakin is just raging there. Um, that I feel like that's, I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate to a certain extent. I don't, I'm not sure that the, the, the right people predominantly are, are, are seeing it. And so if you're in the sound of, if you're within the sound of my voice, make sure you're not one of those people who's seeing it wrong. Um, one thing that drives me up the wall from a leader at any level in any organization is the uh, when when they have uh, they don't like to hear countering countervailing evidence, things that go against whatever it is that they believe yeah. or that they think or it goes against their uh, opinions, what whatever. That there is no quicker way to cheese me off and make me run in the other direction (laughs) from you than that, because not only are you putting your head in the sand, but you're 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 putting your head in the sand and up your ass at the same time. I'm anatomically it's it's a it's a marvelous feat, but it's it's infuriating because you're ignoring valuable intel that could make you more successful or avoid disaster. And at the same time, you are pushing away, you're proactively, you're not just ignoring, you are proactively pushing away people around you who might be in a position, who are in a position to give you good intel and are there to, you know, that, that's the intent. Like the person is, the, the person, the, the people you have around you, they have a job, they have a vested interest in it being successful too. Why wouldn't you listen to them? Very often, they're the ones closer to the, to the action anyway. And you, you want that feedback. And so you can't ignore that. And this goes, I'll take it a level deeper. You know, that's on the leader, the business leadership side. Engineers do this all the time. You, you know what I'm talking about? Users are stupid. Users are stupid. They don't know anything. They don't know what they're doing. I know what's best for them. I know what our, you know, how our product should operate. No, no, you don't. No, you don't <laughs> listen to your users. They won't be right all the time, but there's a lot that you can glean from them. So whether it's users, whether it's the team around you, you know, you, you've got to be open to countering evidence. One of the ways that I like to do this 
And then I want to hear your thoughts. But one of the ways that I like to um, uh, avoid falling into this trap is when I present something, an idea, a process, a program, whatever, I bring it to the table. I put it in front of the team. The first thing I do after I present it is tell me where this can be improved. Tell me, tell me a flaw in this. Tell me a potential risk in this. What it, there's a couple of different ways you can approach it, but the goal is always to fo- you. You want the initial feedback to actually be negative, um, negative in the sense that uh, opposite, not 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 um, not negative uh, attitude, negative energy. But you know, okay, if it's going if it's going left, you know, let's think right for a second. What, what, what might be missing by going on this fork of the road instead of this other fork? Um, and you really need to encourage that and, and have that kind of conversation because if your idea doesn't stand up to scrutiny, well, then why should you do it? Um, and culturally, I think we're at high risk of this right now. You know, society right now is very, very polarized. You know, if you're on my side, you're good. If you're on the other side, you're evil. You know, I'm not, it, it's, 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 it's very, um, it's very binary in our, in our, in our thought process, it, it, generally speaking. And you really have to fight that, that tide because, you know, everyone really generally wants to do the right thing and they think they have the right idea. So let's talk about, you know, you, you got to put all the things on the table. You got to be willing to acknowledge the fact that other people have good ideas too, and might in fact be better than yours and yours could in fact be wrong. And I don't know about you, man, but the, 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 the more, I do and see and experience in life, the less black and white I see. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And yet, and yet, I mean, yeah. I, these conversations happen all the time. You know this as well as I do. Well, nope, and to I'm your right point about that, you're wrong. It's your point about a, it could be a leader or, a, I, I mean, it could just be a developer. It There's can be a developer. Two, if, yeah. if, if you're, you know, somebody that's, that's seemingly refusing to absorb, or I should say, change their argument based on new information or unwilling to receive new information that could change the argument. It's, it's one of two things, or, you know, it could be a combination of the both. One possibility um, is that it's not a rational decision. It's an emotional decision, right? That because I said so, I agree. And it's a, it's a power struggle. Yes. And that's, that's one of the two, but the other thing it could be, and again, either, or, and maybe both, um, it's bad communication, right? There is a reason mm. that your new argument doesn't change things, but I'm not going to tell you about it because I hold the cards here, right? In both in both respects, it, it, it's this little that petty second power one struggle. Almost, yeah, I was going to say the second one almost feels like a a subdivision of the a subset of the first one. Well, it still no, feels emotional like like to I me. say, I say, well, it. I mean, th- it is because they're both power struggle, mm-hmm. right? But but gotcha. getting like unpacking that then one is one is sort of the defensive ego mm-hmm. and one is sort of this like withholding thing you know because we're we're knowledge workers and so mm-hmm. knowledge is power knowledge, and so if yeah. i know more than you then i you know um i hold all the cards and it uh there's not, a- I, I mean it's just there's no it's i'm not you, it's it's not defensible, right? But, no, it's but if just, you see that happening, it's going to be one of those two things ultimately, and it's not coming. I, I don't know. And I've, well, actually, hold on a second. I actually think it doesn't have to be one of those two things. I think there's a third option in there. The third one is, uh, I if okay, so I'm I'm in charge. Whatever whatever it is, whatever level, you know, I I'm the one in charge. I have the, I hold the power. I have the cards, like you were saying. Okay, which means I'm the one who's supposed to be responsible. I'm supposed to be the one who has the answers. Well, if we're in a room together and then, you know, I don't have the answer. It just comes from some random schlub like you in the corner. Well, what the hell am I doing here? What what justifies my existence to sit in the decision-making chair? So it's in, in, in this case, what I'm describing is an insecurity that uh, an yeah. insecurity and it's an insecurity trap. It's not actually a real thing. It's a trap that a lot of leaders, both inexperience and experience. I have seen it at all levels. Everyone can fall into 
from time to time. Some fall harder than than others into it. Yeah, I, th- but, I think I, that's a that's another mode. I think it's related to the first two. I, what I meant more with the communication, let me rephrase this. What I meant more is um, it's just bad communication, right? And I may not realize how it looks to oh, you. Oh, you're just poor. Your boss, uh, oh, right? oh, I see. What you're, so two I'm, ships passing I'm in your the boss. Night. We're talking two ships passing I'm your in the boss. Night, so. Okay. Well, no, it's like a ship in a lighthouse because I'm the boss. So I'm, I don't, I'm not going to move. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that joke with the fog and the, right. So like, that's true. So like, well played. That was pretty like, good. That's pretty good. Like, so, so I'm your boss and I say, we're going to go left. And you say, well, but we should go right because, you know, whatever reason. All these And I know reasons. that left, let's say that I, I have the right intentions. I'm good hearted. I heard what you said about going right. I heard and I understood why you said that and what you're basing that off of, but I have still other information that, you know, let's say you're looking three steps ahead, but I'm looking five because I'm in a leadership mm-hmm. position. I have more perspective. Um, and I'm saying, no, it's, you know, we're going to go left here. I may not, re- and with all good intentions, if I'm just a bad communicator, I may not realize what it looks to you, what right. it looks like to you if I simply say, no, go left. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it's just bad communication, right? If I if I care about you, if I empathize with you, if I respect you as a member of the team, I'm I'm going to try to make sure that you understand steps four and five so that you understand why we're going left, because that's the important decision. I think some people there and you could I mean, there's a bunch uh, there's a million excuses in the book, right? It's too busy, I'm running late, there's something else going on, it's information you don't need to know. Uh, I can't share that whatever it is, but, mm-hmm. but just saying, nope, go left and then hanging up the phone or, you know, proverbially, um, that's what I meant more by, by communication it doesn't have right. to come from a bad place. It can be, well, I want to hold the cards. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, it can be, I, yes. I have to, it's not that I want to hold the cards. It's that I have to be seen holding the cards. You know, I think that's two right. sides. Because if I'm not, if I'm not holding the cards, what makes me the boss? It, it's, it's a, as opposed to, yeah, exactly. Right. As opposed to just like not realizing that it's important to share the information. Right. And so this, okay. Yeah. And so to fight that off, I think having a default policy of sunshine is the best disinfectant default open sharing as much as possible. And then on an exception basis, close holding information yeah. that's necessary. So yeah. I share every, you know, with my team, I share everything I possibly can. I, ha- I have a huge black box exception for anything that falls in the HR category. That's generally how oh, I, yeah. de- that's yeah. the default posture, HR, everything else. And then there's nuance in there. Sometimes, you know, depending yeah. on what's going on, you know, there are certain things. There's that exceptions hold, but on both sides. There's exceptions, yeah. but generally my, my default approach is just, Put all that information on the table. And so if you do that, if that is your default posture, then the situation that you're describing should have a smaller risk of occurring because you will have either previously or in that moment share the additional yeah. information that is leading you. Okay, so you're you're thinking two steps down the road, uh, employee. I'm thinking five. Here are the additional steps. Here's what I'm seeing. And- the other thing, the beauty of that is if you do that, well, now you can solicit that that person, that team, whatever, for feedback on that in the moment and, and, well, see, if they, and short, see if there's anything that they- Short and long-term game. Yeah. Short yeah. and long-term game, right? So I'm, I'm seeing farther and I'm saying do something that looks counterintuitive. You know, one of our early episodes, we talked about uh, package routing and how it looks really stupid at the local scale where you have a plane fly over your head by a thousand miles to deliver you a package, right? Coming from the other direction at the, <laughs> at the, at the larger scale, there is some, there is some efficiency to that system. Yeah. That what you do though, short term. Yeah. You can get feedback. Like, look, this is the end goal. This is what we're trying to do. So this is what I think we should, this is how I want to proceed. You can get that short term feedback like, Oh, Hey boss, if that's the end goal, why don't we just do it this way? Oh, crap. You know what? That's a great idea. Let's do that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Everybody looks good. The long-term goal is that you start to develop people, right? If you're routinely, to your point about being open by default, you're routinely sharing, this is the problem strategically. This is how I think about it. Here's how I might approach it. What would you do? By constantly putting it back. Mm-hmm. And I, I do this all the time. I, I put decisions on the team doesn't mean I authorize what they come back with all the time because I can't, but 
you you start to put them in the thought process like here are all the factors here's all the relevant detail and context and history and strategy and so forth what do you think we should do about this and i'm not lazy i know what i would do i already <laughs> knew what i was going to do before we picked up the phone i don't this discussion is not for me i'm taking time out of my day to help walk you through the process so that as time goes on you're able to handle more and more of this on your own and i'm able to trust more and more that when you do so it's going to be a good outcome for everybody. And, and that's how you develop a deep bench of leaders within your team. Um, and it's just a, it's a great tool. It's a yep. great tool, short and, and long-term. And that, that, those meta things, that's what actually defines the leader. It's not the individual decisions and holding the cards. It's your ability to, yeah. um, to develop leaders, to actually gain the, gain the trust, get everyone motivated and moving in the right direction. Uh, Building. And train them. And there are certain Tra things that you say, look, this is how I want this team to run. I'm going to train you to do it this way. That's within your That's purview as, yeah. as a manager. Managers, uh, leaders that are so busy, they can't seem to make progress on their own work. Like, there's a gut check there. You're not there. developing your people. Yeah. You are ham And in fact, you're hamstringing your people and yourself. And the because business. if you were and the business, yeah, by everybody, right? Everybody. Yeah. It's a very selfish, selfish decision. You need to develop your teams because guess what? As they do that, as you gain more faith and in their capability to be autonomous, you get more time back in your day to do the higher level things. Classic, classic version of this in software development and engineering is the um, is the the founder or the you know the 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 lead on the on the on the development, the engineer who did, you know, laid all the foundation and did all the work and has steadily risen in hierarchy and seniority and yet still finds reason, time, excuse in their day to, you know, nitpick other developers or, uh, you know, hands themselves, you know, the biggest, meatiest, and most interesting development tasks, yeah. even though you now have a whole team around you. That's not, I'm not trying to knock... There are there are founders and there are there there are dev leads, VPs of engineering, CTOs that like to stay hands on. That's okay. I'm not I'm not knocking that. But when you're when you are doing that and and the, the to to such an effect that it is detrimental to the rest of your team, it's it's it runs into exactly what you're what you're talking about there. You're preventing the rest of your team from growing. You're preventing the rest of that of that organization from running without you in the center of it which actually does not make you an asset that makes you a liability because you're now yeah. a single point of failure. You know, you're always going to be valuable. If you're doing all of these things that, that you talked about, you're always going to be valuable because those, those things are incalculably valuable to a company because they, they uh, exist beyond ourselves. I can step out of the picture and the effects of my work, my time and effort, my care and consideration that lives on and I'm not even part of the picture. And yet that's still this, the company is still benefiting from that. Whereas if you close hold everything and it all has to go through you and nobody actually ever gets a chance to, to grow and to, to move up. Well, what happens when you get hit by a bus? I mean, everybody's screwed. Yeah. That's no good. That's no good for anybody. You got hit by a bus. That sucks too, but there's no, there's no good there. So yeah, they're gonna have to take that bus out of rotation, smear all the schmutz off up. the front of it. It's probably I mean, new, you know, new grill. Like, have you seen not. the stains that they can leave on the highway too? Like it's just this oh, big splatter. It's unsightly. It's, 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 it's unsightly. Really, it's, I, I don't need that. Nobody, nobody needs that. I'm not. I'm not driving my Lambo over a stained highway. Are you kidding me? I got. I got better. Things <laughs> time. Uh, so I started with an article <laughs> to bring us back. Did. We did. Remember, I. I can go to the videotape. We're recording this. I yeah, I actually started yeah. by saying I had an article. You're you're <laughs> right though. I just to to drag us back down into the weeds. One oh, last time. there you, he goes again. Hold on, you let go me pass through, you. Hold on. There you go. Here's your drink. You go you go through uh seasons where you have some idea in your head and then you see it everywhere. You know, it's like oh, um, yeah. I don't know uh yeah, I, well, Happened I know to you in development do, all the time. New technique on yeah, in development then all of a sudden I would yeah. find a zillion places to use it. Yeah. Well, it's like there was uh, the uh, tragic incident uh, probably 15 years ago, the DC sniper, and there mm -hmm. was a report of them working out of a white van. And all of a sudden, everybody was seeing white vans everywhere. 
it's there were always that many white vans. You just weren't paying attention. My I am in a season of seeing people work harder, not smarter. Mm. And it is so painful. You know, your yeah, point about this, like, you know, uh, lead or or principal engineer or whoever it is, VP coming down and still writing code and implementing modules and all this kind of work smarter, my guy, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. give it up. Like, yeah. I, you know, that should be your default posture. The, the notion that yeah. um, the notion that you need to be seen putting in 12 hour days every day in order to get ahead and be successful is in my opinion, well and truly dead. Um, there are certainly places where that still applies, uh, but that is, I, I think, far the exception than the norm. I don't want that for myself. I sure as heck don't want that for my people because the work that they do inside those excess hours is going to be just not as good. And I mean, Crap. you're going you're gonna to burn that person out too, which means I need to replace you which means I need to hire and, and like, there's just, there's all these soft, a lot of the stuff that, that we end up talking about here have these soft costs and that don't get quantified on a ledger somewhere. And so they don't get valued by people in the decision-making um, halls the way that they should. And it has been, it has, you know, this is in the back of my mind, I have been thinking for years, how, how do you make those things how do you bring them to the forefront in a very clear, visible, painful way, present them in all their painfulness? You know, how, how do you actually you know, get them in front of people? It's a it's a it's a it's a constant burr in my side <laughs> to, to see this stuff yeah. happening. Like you're not seeing Figure the out ripple how to effect. Make it. I can see the ripple effect. How do you not see what's happening because of this bad thing? Drives me Figure nuts. out how to make it cost them money. Right, well, right. Yeah, which it yeah, does, exactly. it does, it does cost them money, but it's like right? four so, stages down the line of money, and like it's, it's tough it's to not, document. Yeah, and there's always, and when you go that, the problem is, it's not that you can't see the chain of events. It's not that you couldn't document that. It's by the time you get three, four, five stages down the line where it's actually costing money, there's always some other excuse that can creep in mm -hmm. a level or two down where, oh yeah, no, that's the reason. It's right. like, oh, okay, you just don't want to make a change, and I, you know, let's all work. Let's, Let's all work, work harder hard, instead of smarter. smarter. Right. <laughs> Painful. Yeah. Anyway, and that's my season of like that's the problem I'm seeing everywhere for the last few months. Yeah. Just, I don't the, know why the one that, the one that I have seen the one that I have seen recently uh, working harder, not smarter. Um, uh, tool choices. Picking. You know, like, I'm mm -hmm. going to pick. A, I'm going to pick. So. A, I'm going to pick an application. I, I, I have a thing that needs to get done, and there are. Mm -hmm a dozen tools on the market that will help me do the thing. I mean, take your pick. It could be in finance. This could be HR systems. This could be coding development tools and platforms and, you know, services. You can go in a zillion different directions with this. And the decision is made to either uh, most commonly status quo. Oh, we're not going to spend money on that tool. It costs too much. Uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to spend that money uh, on that, on that thing. And not does that does not take into account the lost time in productivity dealing with whatever minutia that a that a specialized solution might have eliminated. That seems uh, like a that seems like a, a a sales pitch by the flag bearer that needs work is what that boils down to. Like you're not able to demonstrate the value. Yeah, I mean, it, it can it can be. For sure, I mean, presentation is certainly is certainly part of it. I think uh, separation from the from the pain or the problem too. Um, mm -hmm. If the decision maker is over here, but the team that's actually suffering from the problem is over there, you know what? You've got a you've got an Excel spreadsheet. Just track it in Excel. I I can see the results yeah. right there. What you've got there is good enough. Just keep doing that, you know. But they're not thinking about necessarily all the work that goes into managing a cumbersome yeah. process in an Excel spreadsheet, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it costs us $2,500 for this tool that replaces the Excel workflow and we save four person weeks per year. Calculate that on the average salary. Like, you know, it's that's, and that's just part of, I get, you know, I'm arguing that I was right all along. It's just a bad pitch by the, 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 the advocate, you know, whoever's <laughs> the proponent, the um, flag bearer for this idea, whoever's the champion for it have a better pitch, you know, start with why and then document the rationale. Uh, I yeah, but I, I, I have, I have seen it. I have seen it flop even when there's a since when, 
since when is the decision maker that far removed that they can't appreciate saving money? Uh, I mean, finance. I mean, so so fine. I mean, if, if finance fine, would be the ones that appreciate right, right, saving st- money no, the no, most. No, 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 no. Stick stick with me here. Stick with me here. So the uh, finance is is not it's episode fifty three. I'm stuck with you. I think that's pretty well established. <laughs> so. Um, and 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 for for the record, this is I, I'm I'm not I'm not actually pointing at anything that's happening in my in my current employer, <laughs> lest any of my if my colleagues are listening. <laughs> what's he talking about? What the hell's going on? What do I what do I not know? This, uh, no, 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 there's nothing yeah. like that. There's nothing like that. So so finance finance is 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 the ultimate decision maker for this stuff about you know what actually gets mm-hmm. blessed you know where we where we spend the money. Okay, um, there um, the the perceived the the cost savings that are presented uh can sometimes be perceived as okay well that's what you think it's going to be you know like okay well if you're not doing that then you know you'll probably just do something else uh, you know this mm. this goes back to the ripple effects and how you know being able to actually quantify yeah. things this, this is kind of one of the th- ways that I'm that I that I see this happen where you present a value but the value, the way it translates into, into time savings is not immediately, um, is not as concretely quantifiable as, as, a, as a financial formula would require. You know, we can just say like, okay, you know, cost minus savings equals, you know, like you can't, it doesn't necessarily work out that way because, okay, I'm replacing this broken process with this optimized process. Okay, well, what's this going to look like? Well, we've got an implementation period. Oh, okay. Well, how long is that going to take? You know, well, we think it's going to be a month, but you know, the team has to get behind it. Well, you you think it's going to be a month? Well, I mean, we're going to start using it and it's just going to take us some time to, to ramp up. Um, You know, you, you, you can also sometimes be the case. Yeah. Again, that's not, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, oversimplifying, but again, I would I would say you you got to work on the pitch. You have to connect, do a better job of connecting the dots. I think yeah. there is there is a gray area in the in the middle though, where uh, sometimes people don't realize. Oh well, we're going to replace X process with Y or X tool with Y or you know whatever the thing mm-hmm. is. It's going to cost some money up front, but it saves us on the back end. Um, if the savings are not enough percentage wise it may actually wind up being a detriment. So for mm-hmm. example, um, okay, it's not an example. It's a, an, a you know, uh, it's, it's not an actual concrete example, uh, but you're, you're doing something one way that let's say wh- the time or the cost is capitalizable mm-hmm. and there's a more optimal, you know, optimal time or money way to do it, but it's operational mm-hmm. and the savings is not enough to make up for, the the amortization of the deduction mm. and so yeah it looks like less money on paper but because it's a different uh tax classification it actually costs us more to do it that way mm. okay yeah it's, actually, there's a slim margin where that would come into a play but that's a, that, yeah that's that's not a bit that's not a bit um hmm. yeah i'll give this some thought i may i may bring this topic back up with with some better prepared thoughts this was yeah. just riffing off the top of my head no please i would like to unpack this because yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm is, sticking with my like you're not you got to connect the dots yeah better. no i agree and i agree um i mean your, your sales pitch has to be strong and i mean the, there's the you can take that to the extreme too people who do a great strong job of connecting the dots on on all this amazingness that will happen with a tool and then the tool ends up being crap at what it at what it does you know or it's because it's, yeah. it's so cumbersome. It's so awesome and does all the things that, oh, crap, it does all the things. I, I don't need all the things. I need I 50% mean, of the things, and yet you have handed me too many things. And so now I actually have more work using the tool than I would have had just doing the process. I, I mean, enterprise tools are so guilty of this. All well, an enterprise, uh, there's a situation I'm in where I'm kind of stuck with an entire ecosystem of products because before my time, decision was made to use one of them. Microsoft. And God, they suck. <laughs> it's not Microsoft, <laughs> but close. Uh, decision, yes, all Windows. Oh, my God, my IT guys hate me because I'm constantly just complaining about this Fisher Price OS they make us use. <laughs> um, 
And I do like the two finger typing, (laughs) you know, motion, you know, the monkey typing thing when I do the Fisher Price operating system. Like like I could do it in the background. You guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's so, but, uh, but, you know, uh, in the before time, BC, before Chris, um, in in one or two years BC, decision was like, oh, it's not all about me at all. I don't think that. uh, Oh, God. Okay, so two, uh, in, two, in, two BC. Sure, go ahead. Around two, two BC, BC, decision was made to use a tool, right? Switching out of one tool and into another, and it became such an implementation nightmare. I don't know if the team wasn't ready for it, or or the the tool was just difficult to work with. It doesn't really matter what the, but it caused like twenty four months worth of pain. Right, mm. was the end result of choosing this tool. Now that tool is entrenched. No one has app and it's not something that that is not something that the finance and financial planning organization owns it's something that a different team owns so it's not a pure dollars and cents thing but the business owner is unwilling to consider replatforming that work because it was so painful because the first of time. all of the blood spilled right. right and so what happens though that we have another need that's tangential well we wanted to integrate with the product that we've got and so we select one of that company's other tools, right? And now oh, God. the whole ecosystem is calcified in yeah. the environment because at the anchor is this one thing that we don't have the political will to change. See, that is the, and it's de- not, I, you know, and I should, I should paint this. It's not as if this, uh, that product or the, or the, the ecosystem at large now, um, it's not that it's hurting us, right? It's benefiting the business. We, we still pay for it. We still use it because it does drive value. My problem is that, like, if tomorrow something better comes along, I don't know that I, you know, to your point right, about there right. not always being an obvious reason why we want to, we're not connecting the dots. Um, I know it's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. I know that migration is not going to get approved, right? Because there was so much, still so much butthurt. Um, and that's kind of a shame. Um, but That's not kind of a shame. I mean, it's a huge, <laughs> I guess, well, it's kind of a shame until, until there's something better. Right. When there's something better that we can't move to because of those reasons, then it becomes a big shame. Yeah, but you said it was pain. It's I mean, a theoretical the, shame right now. It's it's not an actualized shame. Yeah, but I mean the 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 implementation was painful. I imagine that the that the implementation process was painful. It, it's day to day utilization has got to be suboptimal though. I would I would actually Oh no, it's so you're talking about the, the initial pain, yeah, that that's a shame. It's I'm you know, it's a shame that there was so much strife and, and problems caused right. by the implementation uh, the actual tool is fine like i said we use it uh it's a it's it's um the, the the whole suite of products the whole ecosystem whatever you want to call it um drives value for us we double down on it every mm-hmm. year because it's still driving value we use it we rely on it it serves our purposes it's fine mm-hmm. um it's not actually painful to use it was getting into the original product that was the pain. That gotcha. was the thing that that hurt. As I understand, this is lore. Like I, I wasn't there. <laughs> I'm, this is secondhand, thirdhand. Um, but the lore in the canon, it this is, is written this is this is Tolkien Misty Mountains is what this is. This is Tolkien distant exactly. Misty Mountains. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so then you got that one thing, and then and then an ecosystem comes sprouts up around it, and now it's calcified. It's locked in and. Um, and, yeah, to me, know, I'm be- glad you got the clarification because initially it sounded like it was it, letting a bad system stay in place because it's bad is to me the technology definition of throwing bad money after bad. Like you have a bad, bloody implementation. It's painful. This isn't at all what we wanted. And this is awful. The, the, the right answer there is so, yeah, and we're going to reverse course and we're going to go. We, that's fine. You, you did. You actually clarified it. So, yeah. I'm making a separate point. Uh, yeah. That yeah. implementation meaning the verb of putting it into place, not the noun of the thing as it current. Exists. Right, right, right. So when it when the yeah. noun, when the when when the now or the noun is uh Oh, if is the noun is crap and you keep it around, you're because doing yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice. It was yeah. painful to put in, you're keeping it around because it was painful to put in and it's painful to use. That is that is the technology. That is the the software engineering equivalent of throwing bad money after bad. The correct answer there is, oh yeah, this sucks, and we're going to reverse course. You you don't just sit there and continue bleeding. Like you you have to stop the bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't just sit yeah. there and just just bleed out all over the floor. 
yeah, it's more work. But yes. That's, but that's when Peter trips and skins his knee and spends five minutes going ah, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you, you don't, you, you don't need to do that it, to carry this analogy forward. You know, Oh, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to ride in an ambulance. I don't want to pay those bills. That's yeah. That's annoying. That's painful too. But you know, you kind of got yourself into the situation and now you got to get yourself out of it. And does it suck? Yeah. Is it going to be painful and expensive? Maybe, but you still got to do it. It's better than leaving the problem to, to, uh, Language and get worse. Uh, my my wife, my wife cares for people in a in a hospital setting, and you would be surprised the number of people that have like a medical event, like capital M, capital E, medical event, and don't go to the hospital because they just don't want to physically go there. Oh, they, I would. They actually don't want to call the ambulance. They don't want to go. They say, "Oh no, it's going to cost money. I'm going to spend overnight there." and you know, who's going to feed my cat instead of getting treatment for like the thing that's going to kill them. Right. Uh, it's sad. It's sad. But like that, that literal thing in real life does happen like all the time. I wouldn't. So I, it's no I, surprise. Technologists do the same. It's a human trait. It's a it's human a, trait. It's not, you know, a it's not an old lady thing. and a stroke thing. It's just a human thing. Yeah. yeah. We all, and we yeah. all do. It and so we, we would need... expect to see fractals of that all throughout life, yeah. which is exactly what you do. And, and no, that actually doesn't surprise me at all because of the things that I'm talking about. I've seen it. You know, the other, I like the inverse. The inverse is the inverse is the one that my wife talks about. So my wife is the veterinarian. The thing that she sees that drives her nuts is uh, animal comes in with a medical emergency and capital M capital E um, sometimes a capital F on the front of it as well um, (laughs) on a Friday afternoon, you know, appointments are done. They're closing in 30 minutes. FME comes in. What's this FME? This 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 fatty growth on the side that the dog has had for the last eighteen months for three years. Oh, for, now, yeah. now, now it's, it's a huge freaking emergency, right? Yeah. People do that too. Yeah. So emergency stuff, nah. and then not emergency stuff. Holy crap! We do it in both directions. My my wife worked in an ER for a while and it was the same thing. Somebody came in, what's your, you know, chief complaint? Well, for the last three years, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the, the dissertations, you know, the the, the family, the family history. Oh my gosh. You know, well, when I was in high school, I dated so much, you know, all the superfluous nonsense. And, you know, and I can tie that one back to business too. If you've ever heard a pitch for an idea. We we tend to stay, whether it's a business, whether you're doing a startup, although startup entrepreneurs are especially bad at this. But um, even if you're doing like an internal pitch for an idea or process, we tend to start our backstory. Too much story. Way, way too much story. And you went way too, way too far in the past. Just start with, here's the thing yeah. that it's, here's what it does. Here's what it solves. Okay. Now I'll give you backstory, but, but start with the, you know, people are bad at communicating. Yeah. You've, people we've, bad both at communicating. Worked, we've both worked help desk. Right. Oh and gosh, when the desk. user comes and says X is broken, A, that's not true. It's usually and B, <laughs> they don't know what went wrong. And C, they broke it five minutes ago. They just don't want to admit it. Like those are the three oh axioms my gosh. of help desk. Oh, they really are. They really, really are. <laughs> and you've got worse. And you've got to navigate that without insulting them to their face. And it's oh, what what a well, I don't know if it matters, but I opened Outlook yesterday. Oh my gosh! Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so I uh, we didn't cover that article at all. Never did get to that. <laughs> Never article, even got there. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just tuck that one away. We'll come back to it. We just had a whole set of sidebars, and I am honestly feeling a little tipsy right now. I, I need to, I, I need to take a break. <laughs> Too, too much sidebar. Too too much sidebar. Uh, well, if you like our sidebar, if you don't like it, feel free to let us know. You can hit us up at refactor.work is our website. You can email us feedback at refactor.work. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, feel free to record and send us uh, a question. We'll play it on the air. Uh, if you want to hear more from Chris, you can go to chris.tonkinson.com. If you want to hear more of my ramblings, which, by the way, I published a fresh article for the first time in forever today before this episode what Uh-oh. is today january Uh-oh. 11th so i just put a new thing up today 
Um, I, I, I took a, I took the first piece of a massive dissertation level thing that I have been decomposing and I, and I just went, all right, screw it. I just got to get it up there. So I started breaking it off in bite-sized chunks. Uh, New Year's resolution type thing. I want to, I want to write more. So anyway, if you want to read that or other things, you can check me out at hotcoals, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. Uh, this has been episode 53 of the Refactor podcast on uh, January 11th, 2022. Like I said, thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate the uh, thanks, drinks. Man. Cheers.